It's Concrete Points with Jessica Myers. Welcome back to another episode of Concrete Points. I'm your host, Jessica Myers. Today, we have a very special guest, Mr. Leonard McGee. Hello, 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 everybody. Leonard, introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, what you do, and um, I guess just a little bit about where you are in the real estate space as well. I am a special event producer. And I uh, started out years ago in, in a simple position as a radio assistant. It took me on a very interesting journey. Um, got to do a lot of different things with a lot of different people. It's a different podcast. But um, all along, uh, from a personal standpoint, in accordance with that, it was about you know, just, just personal self-gratification. I mean, the best way for me to, to, to really get into it is I've never been a person that's, I've never been in the cars, I've never been in the clothes, I've never been in the jewelry. But ever since I was a young kid, I was always in a nice home. You know, mm. I would always want to, I've always wanted a nice home over anything else. You know? And I've had the opportunity to own homes uh, across the country. And uh, that in itself has been a very interesting journey. And uh, I guess that's what we can kind of speak to today. Yeah, because um, I think the limit of most people's dream into real estate is always dreaming of what I want my dream home to be. And then when it comes into the investing space, it's like, wait, that's a lane that can help me to acquire assets. From your perspective, how important is it to own land? I think it's very important, um, you know, from a standpoint, because you always have something to go back to, you know. And, and it starts, one, I think from an investment standpoint, it'll give you the ground rules of what, you know, what to expect, uh, what to look for. Uh, it is a different mindset. You know, if you're looking from an investment standpoint, uh, there's certain things that you're looking at and, uh, you, you kind of want to get in low and sell high. You know, from a personal property standpoint, you're looking for things, you know, that personally interest you. Uh, you know, the neighborhood, if you got, you know, if you have children, you know, uh, the school systems, things of that nature. Uh, but you also want to, what, what I found for my personal journey is, you know, you're also drawing a line in the sand. Like, okay, I'm going to set roots here. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a, I think that's a real unique mindset uh, because you have to, cause you can, you know, as, as a young person, you know, as a, as a non-homeowner, you, you kind of go about, you know, I want a house here. I want this. I want that. And then the reality comes, you know, how much money you have saved up. Mm-hmm. And uh, what type of credit you have, you know, because that's going to ultimately determine what type of home you end up in if you end up in one at all. Mm. And uh, but then, you know, that was kind of the first part of the journey uh, because, you know, yeah, we all, you know, you're supposed to dream high. You're supposed to dream big, you know, but then the journey of a thousand footsteps starts with the mm-hmm. first step, mm-hmm. you know, so um you know, even my first house, it was it was the house that I kind of grew up in, and it was it back was in Michigan, right? Back in back in Detroit, Michigan, yes, sir. So, so speaking of Detroit, and speaking knowing that that's your roots, and knowing that a lot of real estate, um, or or they want people to come back and invest in real estate, because knowing that I'm a real estate developer, a lot of people often ask, "Oh, what about Detroit? Have you ever had any ambition to go back and invest in your hometown?" Yes and no. I mean, it comes and goes. But if you're also, you know, if you're kind of getting into the game, you, you want to be, you want to be a hands-on investor to where, you know, you want to be careful. Because I've, I've actually did it before uh, when I was living in California years ago, we, uh, I was approached with a with an investment opportunity in a housing development in Houston. So it was a big group of people. Uh, we came in and they were buying, you know, they were giving out, basically giving out loans. And uh, I want to say, I mean, I probably made about a three to $5,000 deposit on the home. I never went out there, you know, never went out there. And then, you know, no surprise, the deal eventually goes belly up. Uh, no surprises and it was too good to be true? It was, there was just a lot of things being a novice investor at the time, not understanding, you know, because you want to, now they were, you know, they were planning trips to go out there. Uh, but as a, as a full-time employed person, you know, I'm in California, I'm in Los Angeles, and then, you know, this property is in Houston, 
you know, at that at that time in my life, I didn't even really know anybody from Houston. had had never really been to Houston, and uh, so it's kind of like you you kind of throwing your money in the wind, mm. you know. Now before I would go living here in Atlanta, now before I would start investing outside of Atlanta, you know, there's a, there's enough opportunities here, you know, where you at least want to get a you you at least want to find a team that you can work with understand understand the principles apply those principles and then as you see progression then you can start to look at growing that seems to be a common thread even in some of my other conversations that i've had regarding make sure you have a solid team absolutely absolutely uh because you i mean there's just like anything when you involve money you know they're, they're scrupulous individuals you know they're they're noteworthy individuals but at the end of the day, it's still money and it's your money mm-hmm. and you should know what you're doing with your money. You know, most people, like I said, I, you know, I, I've never been in the jewelry and cars, but most people do due diligence on those purchases. And, they, you know, man, I, I'm not buying it from this jeweler like this. He got the hookup and I'm going to go over here. You know, you do more due diligence on, on buying these these non-fixed assets than something that, you know, you, cause you're make you're looking for it to make an investment. You know, you want to make an investment. So you want it, you want to, you know, you want to make a solid investment in it. And then you want to reap benefits from it accordingly, you know, but if you don't understand the team that you're with, you don't understand the scope of what they're trying to do. You know, you could really just be putting your money in an envelope and sending it out mm-hmm. to an undisclosed place and don't know what was happening and what's going on. Have you had any horror stories? Oh, absolutely. Like I said, I mean, can you I, get one specifically? I mean, like I said, that, that the, the situation when, uh, this was probably 2000, uh, let's see, this is probably uh, 2004, 2005. I was living in Los Angeles and that was the, that was the, uh, that was the edge of the, the edge of the original bubble, yeah. you know, and houses were, so, you know, I was approached by a good friend of mine, a couple of good friends of mine. And uh, they were like, yeah, we're investing in, in, in some properties in, uh, in Houston in the housing development. And most people, I mean, Sugarland, I mean, everybody's kind of knows Sugarland now. And, and it's, a, it's a beautiful subdivision, a master plan subdivision. Actually, I want to say subdivision, like a whole community. Like this thing was, they took, if you know anything about Texas, they do it big out there. They took mm-hmm. a big piece of empty land and they built an entire community. You know, but, but, uh, and then on paper, it looked good. I mean, it's, um, and, and these were, these were probably like 35 to 4,500 square foot houses, you know, and, and, and living in Los Angeles at the time, these were better than the houses that, you know, most people were living in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, beautiful home, beautiful subdivision. I mean, all the bells and whistles. And like I said, it sounded good. And you go to the meetings and, you know, and then you kind of go to the checkbook and then you kind of draw that check. And, and, you know, being young in the game, you just be kind of waiting for things to happen. But if you don't put any, you know, if you don't put any work into it, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not necessarily just going, it's not, it's not a magic system. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's, when you work with people that know what they're doing, then, uh, you know, it'll work. But sometimes you kind of just throw money into a hole. And uh, so that was, you know, like I said, I was young and, and, you know, it sounded good, but I know I didn't do enough on my part, mm. you know, to really, to really get a benefit from mm-hmm. it. So. Mm. I got to be more careful because that's one of the things. So like, where do you even start to find a team? Because this, this podcast is called Concrete Coins and it's meant to, to help you get your seven figure start uh, or to get started to your journey to building seven figures in real estate. So if we could really just touch on the ability to turn your personal home into an investment property, like what does that look like? Because you've purchased a lot of properties around the country. What does that look like in utilizing your personal space as an investment property? So for me personally, that would be to ultimately, you know, present it with the right deal to work with the equity that's in my home. Because outside of you know utilizing that to go on a trip or something like that, that's not gonna that's not gonna build any wealth for you. Uh, but giving the opportunity for the you know the right deal, utilizing that that money that's sitting there, and that's what a lot of investors do. And that's what you know you want. You can either spend money or you can use your money to make more money. But this strategy is it's a little less complex than what an investor does because to your point, I mean this is an owner occupied home that you're using, correct? 
And so can you explain what is equity? So equity, so basically if you buy a house for $200,000, well, well, let me take that back. Okay, if you buy the house for $200,000, but after you, when you get an appraisal on the house, let's say the house is actually worth $300,000. So your loan is for $200,000, you're making the payments on $200,000, whatever that is. There's an additional $100,000 that's, that's, that's yours as the owner of the home. If you was to sell that house to, at that, at today, at that point in time, you could sell the house for $300,000. You would pay off the original mortgage and then you'd have $100,000 left. So that difference is what's, is, is equity. So it actually sounds like, so one of my virtual mentors is Robert Kiyosaki. He has a book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. If you have never read it, better go get it. It is life changing. And it's so much so it changed your life because from the book, he has a game called The Cash Flow. And The Cash Flow kind of speaks a little bit to what you're talking about in regards to equity and making money off of your owner-occupied home. What dynamic um, has the, ca- the game Cash Flow taught you or added to your career? Well, I mean, it, it teaches you those principles, you know, playing the game now for over 20 years. You know, there's there's so you know there's card there's big deals and little deals and, and then there's market cards. So after you played it a couple of times, you realize there's some you know there's investment opportunities. But from a, from a uh, from a home purchase, you know there's there's these different cards. So three two three bedroom two bathroom house. So it'll a card can come up and it it'll tell you okay there's a three three bedroom two bathroom house available. Uh, great neighborhood, uh, owner has to sell for personal reasons, uh, mortgage on the house is $200,000. They're willing to sell for, uh, 150,000. So that leaves you $50,000 equity, you know, but they made the card may also tell you, you know, they're a motivated seller and they want to sell fast. So they may even give you a discount on that price. So there's automatic equity that's in the house. So, you know, from playing the game that, you know, as you, as you continue to play the game, you got the property, you got it at a great price, there's equity in the home, and then uh, something comes up and, and they may build a mall around the corner or something. So now the value goes up and then you can come in and, and you bought the house at a discounted rate, but now you there are people clamoring to line up to buy it for you at price or above price. Mm-hmm. And now the difference that, you know, the difference that you make on that when you sell that, that, that's hard cash. Now, we won't get into the tax implications of all that, but that's because of the tax implications. That's one of the reasons why if you were to sell the home, you know, to, to avoid paying uh, property gains tax on that, you want to invest in another house. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you kind of repeat the cycle. You know, you may move up or you may you may be in a position where now you can buy two houses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, continue to do the same thing because one of the one of the concepts that he teaches is, you know, a lot of people get into the buy and flip, you know, but he really he really preaches, you know, the buy and hold. Yeah, they call know. it old money, new money. Yeah. Like some people think, you know, um, you know, quick 20 or 30,000 right. at one time and you'll be done spent it on something else. You don't even, you know, so actually the long game is, you know, to actually have cash flow because the purpose of cash flow Correct is that you're you start out in the rat race mm-hmm. and you just keep going around from paycheck to, to paycheck, paycheck to paycheck, and that's one of the things that it's almost like an overlying layer of yes, I love real estate and I love helping people, but it's more so that it builds that foundation so that I'm doing with my time what I want yeah. versus in the perceivable rat race where you're just going around, you get a paycheck and you get opportunities and you get doodads, you get kids. I mean, it's, it's a really fun game. It's, and it, and it correlates a lot to real life um, and how you just go around the wheel until you come across opportunities where your, ex- or your, your passive income needs to exceed your total expenses, right? Correct. Correct. And that's financial freedom. You know, that's, that's a concept that he teaches in the book outside of the game. So you hear, you know, people, most people have heard that term financial independence, mm-hmm. but have no idea. A lot of people think financial independence is okay. Making a million dollars. I make a million dollars on yeah. financially independent. Well, if you got assets at $1.2 million, you're actually $200,000 in debt. And that's how people come across celebrities a lot of times. And they're like, how do they have millions of dollars and they're broke? Yeah. But it's like a rich broke. Yeah. Because yeah. to your point, if I have liability, and that's another thing that Robert Kiyosaki touches on, liabilities versus assets. Which is why I'm glad you were able to speak to how to profit from your personal home 
utilizing concepts like equity and things like that, because that will determine whether your house is a liability or an asset. And he teaches in, in his teachings, you know, most people, most, most CPAs, most professionally trained financial people will tell you your home is an asset. And he teaches vehemently that your home is not an asset. It's a liability. You know, but there's ways to take that liability and turn them into assets. Mm. And and like I say, the, the best thing that I could say is, you know, understanding the concepts, playing that game, reading those books, understand those concepts, understand the terminology. You know, it's like walking into a Spanish class. If they talk, if they're speaking yeah. another language and you yeah. don't know the language, it's going to be real hard to keep up with what's going on. Oh, yeah. But like I said, understanding what financial independence is, what cash flow is, what what's a liability, what's an asset. You know, what's 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 debt? What there's such thing as good debt and bad debt, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and uh, understanding those and, and playing those. I would say the first couple of years was was based on kind of mastering those basic concepts of finances. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's not rocket science. Mm-hmm. But if you don't understand it, guess what? You're playing the game anyway. Yeah. You are absolutely playing the game. Whether or someone's want. playing the game on you. Oh, yeah. yeah so yeah. you are the pawn the being used if you're not the right. one. Right. Producing. If you're living in an apartment, you're playing a game for somebody. They have an asset that's generating revenue. You're that revenue. You're just paying your money into this hole. And, you know, I'm going to do this one day. I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something. And then you look up and, and you know, 10 years have gone by and you're still in that in that position. Mm, yeah. You know, but I can most people in that situation don't have financial statement. Yeah. Have never done their financial statement. Yeah. Uh, don't know where they are. You know, you just look at because most people, you know, most gainfully employed people, you go out, you go to college and say you get your degree, you get a job. Oh, I'm making seventy five thousand dollars a year. OK, well, what does that really mean? Seventy five thousand. First of all, you're not making seventy five thousand dollars a year. You know, when you when you put in taxes and all that other stuff and then, you know, OK, how much of that do you actually get to keep? You know, OK, you make a seventy five thousand dollars a year. And you want to live a particular lifestyle, you like to travel, you mm-hmm. want to go on these great trips. And you Well, know, we you, don't know now. Well, that's, a, that's a whole different thing now. Or you want, you know, well, well that makes 75. I can afford mm-hmm. a BMW. I want to get this BMW, you know, mm-hmm. and then that's another liability. Yep. Your car is not going to make you money. And, you know, driving it in Uber is, is, is not, you know, that's not what's making you money. Yeah. You know, that, that, that can't be your, your, your outlet to that. But understanding those concepts, you know, now you can utilize those steps if you put that together in an overall game plan. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can definitely take that and build, uh, you know, build your network and, and your asset column. Mm-hmm. In regards to um, what's going on and what they're building in Detroit, have you brought this concept home or how do you feel about what's going on with the, um, the real estate landscape there? Again, now, if I were to, if my path would have kept me in Detroit and as I, as I, you know, as I moved up through the ranks in Detroit and, and it would have been one thing to invest in, and, you know, kind of invest in the pockets that were taken off. But, you know, I, I left the city, I left the city over 25 years ago, you know, 20, but more closer to 30. And so much has changed. And like I said, again, understanding the concepts, you know, I, I live and I move. In, in the Atlanta area now. And like I said, those, 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 there's a, a host of opportunities here, you know, and, you know, I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm by no means a, a, a real estate guru or anything, but like I said, understanding the concepts as I start to look at that now, because just living the rat race and going around in the circle, you know, to get to the point and build the stability, making sure the credit is on point, mm-hmm. you know, making sure, you know, setting up my, you know, setting up, uh, my situation for my family and, and, uh, you know, getting all that in place, uh, that was, you know, that was paramount. But now that I've accomplished that, like I said, we're, we're in a very peculiar time these mm. days and everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it is, it is feasible to look at opportunities and see where, uh, cause there's a number of programs that are available, you know, again, if you're set up. Mm-hmm. If you're set up, you know, you can we can all dream big. But if you're not taking the steps to set yourself up to be able to jump on an opportunity, how many people, you know, you could come in. And the key is, you know, as I sit here and talk to you, knowing your background and, and, and the relationship that you have with bankers and everything. How many times, you know, people, you know, people who are really, you know, ready to lend to people. 
but you got to have the credentials. Mm-hmm. You know, hoping and praying and wishing, you know, you're not going to be able to be talking about investment properties if you got a 520 credit score. And one thing you always tell me, stay ready and got to get ready. Stay ready and got to get ready. And every time somebody comes to me and asks me something or whatever, and I already got it, I, I think about you. I'm like, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. You got to be, you know, even if you set yourself up, a lot of people, and I made, I made this, I won't even call it a mistake, but I made this decision years ago. And or I was in a situation where you you see a lot because like you, you you bring up Detroit, so people oh man, you know people are investing in Detroit and they're doing this and they're doing that. And you and then you start well I don't want to miss out. I got to get in. I got to get in. FOMO. And then yeah yeah and then so if you're not ready and you just jump in a situation mm-hmm. and you're not ready for it, you know that's not going just to you know you can have the credit, you can have the investment money, you know to make to make that move. But then you can put yourself in a bad situation. You don't want to. The name of the game is to not lose money. Mm. You can't be losing money. You can take a loss, but you don't want to be losing money. So how risky are you on a scale of zero to Baby Yoda? And Baby Yoda is that he's fearless, right? <laughs> um, and he will face anything. I love Baby Yoda. But, <laughs> but, um, but where would you say you fall on the risk factor? Like 10 oh. being that you are very risky. I would say I'm I'm probably I'm I'm at a five and I'm like the young. So Je- you're fifty fifty. Yeah, I'm like a I'm like a Jedi that's you know I'm Luke that decided to stay instead. Of, well, I'm gonna take what training I got and I'm gonna run out here. <laughs> and that's because you know once upon a time I was you know I was an eight or a nine, you know, and I've done that. Like I say, you know, years ago, uh, a, a opportunity was brought to me. It sounded good, you know, but I didn't do as much due diligence as I should have. And, you know, you just, you sign over a check and just, you, you, my sister told me something one day, it was another situation, but it was the equivalent of, she said, I could have just stood on the porch with that, with that $5,000 on a windy day and just held my hand up and let it blow down the street. And I probably, would, people. I probably would have got more benefit out of it than, you know, making a bad investment. And that's, and that's very true. Like I say, so it's, it's going to depend on, it's going to depend on your resources and it, it'll, it'll depend on your age to a point because, you know, you got, you know, if it's just me, it's just me as, as, as a male, you know, if everything goes belly up, you know, then I can kind of go, you know, then I just got to pick myself up and start over again. You know, you don't want to be gambling with, with mm. your family's, with your family's, uh, well-being. True story. You know, your, your five-year-old son is like, daddy, what happened to our house? I don't like this. I want my own room. You know, well, son, I, you know, He's not going to understand those concepts, and there's 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 more at stake. But you know, given the if, if the right opportunity, as you understand those concepts, the right opportunity, you'll kind of know. You'll you know you, you pull the financial statement on it. You're going to look at it, and the numbers the numbers do not lie. They do not lie. Mm-hmm. And you know, given the numbers and 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 your rate of return, your investment, your investment rate and, and, and your time of maturity, mm-hmm. all those principles, when you understand those, then you can make better decisions. It's about calculated risk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They go that uh, half, glass half empty, if you will. Or, yeah, it's I think it'll not, be a half empty because you're 50-50. Yeah, it's not a matter of hoping and wishing. Well, I hope I make this money back. You know, it's making calculated you know, calculated risk. So then how do you build a team? Like, how do I know who to trust um, out there? It starts with your resources, you know, the, the people that you know. And it's, it's fair to say, you know, if you're about your business, if, you, if you're going through the rat race, quote unquote, successfully to where, you know, you're taking care of your bills, you're taking care of your finances, you know, you surrounded yourself, hopefully, with like-minded people. So in that, you know, it starts with your, it starts with your circle of influence, you know, there's there's people that you can talk to. You know, I'm sure we all got you know some close friends who, that at least from a, from the outward appearance that they got their stuff together. And you may start with them. Now through conversations, they may have it together, they may not. Mm-hmm. You know, like I say, for me, it was a matter of going through the process a couple of times, purchasing my own home, uh, to learn the concepts of it. Uh, but then you take those same principles and, and going through the process to purchase my own homes. Again, that's when you meet realtors, you meet it, you meet, uh, you meet attorneys, real estate attorneys and real estate attorneys are, are, they're good people, but you like everything else. There's good ones and bad ones. 
they're good people, but you can find a bad yeah, one. Yeah, with some of them that got locked up too in the uh, <laughs> in the OA crisis. Yeah. <laughs> they were walking away with some of their clients. So you got some that will push the line and some that will keep make sure that both of y'all stay out of jail. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and, and, and starting with that, um, you know, you got to do your due diligence on the people that you're talking to. You know, one thing for, one thing that I learned along the way, let's say, for instance, if you're working with a, with a, a real estate attorney, and they know where a lot of deals are. They know where a lot of motivated sellers are. But uh, and when, and this is a concept I learned in, in one of the Kiyosaki uh, books was, you know, you want to start your due diligence with them. You know, how can I talk to a real estate attorney about financial investments on property and they don't have it? You know, so you want to give me all this good information, but, you know. And, and the question is, when you're talking to people, what does what your real estate portfolio look like? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to talk to an investor who had, you know, who lives in, you know, who lives in a rental, mm-hmm. you know. And, and now there, there could be situations for that, but there needs to be a good reason, mm-hmm. you know. And they're like, well, I, I personally live, you know, they're telling you, I personally live here because I took the approach to, you know, all my liquid money. To put into my investments, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it didn't make you know. I had I had a better opportunity uh, to grow from that standpoint. But you want to make sure that you know they're the the principles that they're trying to portray to you. Yeah, that they follow those principles. Very true. Because that's what I say. I mean, to your point, it does depend situation by situation. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I started out staying staying with family to build the base to build my investing portfolio, and then honestly, I went out to become a renter. Because when, you know, as an investor, I'm doing this all day. Absolutely. I just want to come home and not have to worry about something being broke. Like if a light bulb goes out, I put in a report, it's fixed. Right. So I, um, and even Grant Cardone has often said, as well as, um, Matthew Knowles in regards to real estate, they've often talked about that whole debate of to rent or to own for your personal strategy. But that's why I wanted to get more insight about the equity piece of how people can profit from, you know, their own personal homes. Because I, I'm one who feels like, eh, if you're living in it, how are you really able to benefit? But to your point, it's the equity piece that really gets you, gets you far um, on your owner-occupied home. And it was, you know, if we, we, we go back five years for me before I uh, actually purchased the, the current home that I'm living in, like I said, the deal came to me. I'm, I'm out working. I, I was literally on the road. And uh, my wife calls me and she said, don't say no. And I was like, oh, Lord, here we go. And she's like, you know, well, I want, you know, uh, some, they want somebody, they want, us to, they want to sell us the house. And I'm like, I don't want to move way out there and blah, blah, blah. Away from a city? Because you were, you were saying in the city. In the city. In the, in the urban the heart, area. In the heart of everything, you know. And then... Now I had the desire because you know we we had just had our, our second child and you know I you know I didn't grow up in an apartment you know and I just you know I, for a kid to be able to go outside and play in the backyard yeah. you know that's you know that's there's there's a lot of pros and cons on that you know mm-hmm. you you want to look at that and again it, it depends on where you are in your life mm-hmm. like I say for me at that point you know I was 45 years old and you know I was looking at the bigger picture it wasn't just me. You know, it was, it was, it was my, I had to look out for my entire family. And, uh, so, but the deal that came across the table, you know, when, when, when she said that, you know, don't say no. And I'm like, eh. and then when she started giving, uh, key points of the deal, like, well, wait a minute, you know, wait, <laughs> wait how minute. much equity did you yeah. say? <laughs> and it was, it was more so, you know, it was, it was as simple as they want to sell us the house for what they paid for it five <laughs> years ago. Wow. So you start doing it. You're like, well, yeah, that was in the, that was after the bubble burst. And so that mean they got a good price on it. And, you know, and then once you, once you run the numbers, it just, it just makes mm-hmm. sense. It made all the sense mm-hmm. in the world. And that was, cause even, you know, from just, just trying to take the traditional route of finding a home, you know, the areas we were looking in, you know, we were, we were priced out of those homes. Mm-hmm. You know, we were mm-hmm. priced out of them. And so it just, it, it, it didn't make sense. And, you know, to make a lifestyle change, to move out to the far suburbs and, you know, it just worked. And, and then to have access, you know, to that, when you ultimately looked at the deal, you could walk into the house 
with a with a six figure beneficial uh, situation. You can't, you know. So it, it seems like um, you're really taking to heart what you learned from the financial statements of what the rich dad, poor dad game gave you Absolutely. as far as applying it to real life. Because I think we started explaining what it was as far as going through mm-hmm. the rat race. But then ultimately, how do you get out of the rat race? What's right. the concept for that? So it, it's, it's you know, again, making sure that you're financially stable to a point. You got to be able to take care of your business. You know, you can't you can't not pay your bills because you don't pay your bills and your credit score is going to suffer. And it's going to be extremely difficult to grow because nobody's going to work with you. They're going to be like financially, you know, you're not astute enough. You know, I don't want to loan you, you know, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the price of a home and not, you know, feeling that that you're probably going to default on that loan. Uh, but once you, you know, when you show that you can you can follow those concepts and then, like you say, you're in a situation where, OK, like this really works. There's equity in a home. It's a beautiful home. There's room for growth, uh, both financially and personally. You know, that's the size of a good deal. Mm-hmm. And if I, you know, if I would, if I never played the game and didn't understand it, I wouldn't even know that. I would have, I'm not. That wouldn't, that deal wouldn't have made any sense to me. Mm-hmm. And and that would have been a tragedy. Mm. That would have been a tragedy because if we're sitting around and we're just like, oh, well, we'll find a house in the area that we want to be in. But it was a seller's market at the time. You know, so the house that I have, if you move this house into the city, you can add a comment to the, the, to the bottom line of it. And, that's, you know, we're just priced out of that. We're priced out of that. But by, by understanding the deal and the concept, you know, and how it makes it work, you know, and you, you, there's, you know, when you, when you take those steps, it's funny. It's like, it's like bringing on this weight. And when you have it, when you've never done it, you're like, well, I'm buying a house. That's a huge commitment. You know, I, I, I got to pay this for 30 years. And we start looking at the long term. But if you understand the concepts and how you can take those and make them work for you, then it's just a matter of, you know, now it's there. It's like, you know, it's one thing to hope and wish. And there's another thing to actually have the money that's in the bank. And if a, if a deal comes along that, that qualifies mm-hmm. that you can move on, now you can, you can, you can take those steps. And well, you know, I was a little bit more risky in the game. So yeah. when a deal came along, I borrowed from the bank whether I had it or not. <laughs> hey, hey, like you said, we're, and we're, we're all, you know, everybody's different. Like I said, and then you look at the, you look at the structure. Like you say, if you're going, you know, I'm not trying to, I can take the risk. And if I put myself in the poorhouse, I've done it before, you know, and you get out. But it's I, different with the family. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it and, 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 you know, harm to, to bring any. So growing up, my mom always told me how they taught driver's ed in school, which they don't do anymore. I actually learned. Oh, <laughs> you learned driver's Well, okay. So maybe you're part of that generation. And it was certain basic skills that they taught you in school, used to be. But now, things like real estate, taxes, things that require you to be a good citizen, they don't teach. They don't teach you how to set up a basic checking account and savings Exactly. Account. In school. In school. They don't, there's none of that. You know, they teach you math and geometry and calculus, but they don't teach you. The practical skills for everyday living. So what is one thing that you wish you knew or you wish they taught in school about real estate? I mean, it's going to sound redundant, but the basic skills, the basic, and this is a term that they use a lot in in, in the Kiyosaki teachings. The, the, the basic skills of financial intelligence. And it's a simple word, but it's, it's the basic stuff. You know, it's savings, it's checking, it's, it's, uh, credit work. Credit. Cause, cause that's why I always say ice, ice, baby. It's income, credit, and experience, or I guess your background mm-hmm. that determines, you know, what lenders are looking for to purchase a home. Um, and a lot of people, to your point, need to understand how these things work because it's how you navigate the society. See, and, and society has changed so much because if you go back to the generation before me, you know, they would they would go to high school and then they graduate high school. And within two to three years of graduating high school, some people went to college, some didn't. But you got a job and then you got married and then you saved up a little money, bought your first little house and then had a family as the family grew. If you were able to maneuver the rat race successfully enough, you got a bigger house and, 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 and kind of. You know, you would kind of top out at like, you know, maybe a, a, a 2,000 square foot house, four bedroom, three bathroom, 
you know, mm-hmm. and, and you thought you were fine. Mm-hmm. But, the, you know, society has changed. You know, people like it bigger and better. You know, you watch the TV, everything's flashy, the three-car garages and the swimming pools in the back. And, you know, so it, so it, it, it's a bigger dream, but it, it calls for a bigger investment. Oh, yeah. It oh, calls for a bigger know-how. And that's I think that's one of the issues that we face today because so many kids, so many people are bombarded with the images that they see around them, especially with social media, with television. You see these celebrities, and then, like you say, most of them, and I've had the ability, you know, I've, I had the experience of working with major celebrities throughout my career. And, I mean, I know people that I can speak of. I won't say their names, but, pe- you know, see people that you see on TV every day. I know a professional ball player. And I remember we had, uh, we were doing a radio show, and there was a company that came in, and they helped people kind of repair their credit. And, mm. and, and, and I thought you were going to say his car got repossessed. I was like, oh, tell the team. I was But he was, you know, to the point where I was I was able to, me and a couple of other employees, you know, just having the access to this company, you know, kind of talking to him and asking questions. And they gave us some real good stuff, and that, that ultimately helped me buy uh my the home that I purchased in California, which was a major purchase. Uh, but this celebrity, like this dude, uh, ex NBA player, and like they were like, man, we can't really help you. Mm. Like they couldn't. I mean, he was he was on you know he was on a couple of TV shows and you see him on TV and you just think, oh, he got all this money, he got this. He was so he was upside down in everything, like his cars, his houses, mm. his his debt income to debt ratio. And and that was that was a very eye opening experience, and it was like wow man like this could, if you don't know what you're doing like this can affect anybody. Mm-hmm. It don't matter how much money you make, and a lot of mm-hmm. times like you know the notorious B.I.G. rest is, rest is, you know rest in peace. But you know more money, more problems. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you do it, if you take the wrong steps, and you kind of just you know you out there kind of just spending with no game plan. Mm-hmm. But I can promise you, this guy didn't have an understanding of financial intelligence. He didn't. He probably didn't have a financial statement. You know, you just you letting you letting attorneys and accountants handle your stuff because you don't know, and they'll rob you blind. And you have no idea what they're doing. Yep. I tell people all the time, man. It's real simple. All you need to know is adding and subtraction. Mm-hmm. Long form adding, addition and subtraction. You start with that. How much money did I make? You do it on a weekly basis. How much money did I make this week? How much money did I spend? And if you got three, four weeks in a row that you don't spend more money than you made. That's go. That's a that's a bad pattern. Mm. That's mm-hmm. a bad pattern. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not setting yourself up no. for ownership. No, at ultimately. all. Ultimately, at all. So what? Um, besides rich dad, poor dad, Robert Kiyos- by Robert Kiyosaki. What other books do you suggest um people to read? Because the book, I mean, um, the premise of Who We Are to Reach, um, Concrete Coins is about showing how to take concrete and monetize it. So I'm reaching the entrepreneur, talking to, you know, beginning investors or people that just, I want to do something different. So what books can you recommend on that journey of doing something different that's helped you? Now, this is going to be an interesting answer. Uh, one, I would say, is uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Then there's... Uh, do, you, do you have your six points written out? From Napoleon Hill, Think Once upon a time, I did. Yeah. Do you there, read there, it every morning, no, every night? No, I did write them out. That would definitely be good just to, as a refresher because I um I started listening to it again. I, I was actually catching it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And, um you know, when I work out in the mornings and stuff, I actually just play it. And I have to make sure that I have my statement written mm-hmm. and stay focused because that's the way to ultimately stay on track, too. Now, and, and what I was going to say, like I said, this is going to be an interesting answer. Uh, and I've, and I've kind of gotten into this more so in the last year or so is that, you know, not necessarily self-help, self-help for manifestation. Mm-hmm. And I would say, because you gotta, it's like a relationship, you know, you cannot have a successful relationship, whether it's with a, with a life partner or, or even, even your quote unquote friend. If you don't understand who you are, it is, you can't go into a relationship expecting somebody, cause then if you don't know who you are, then they not gonna know who they dealing with. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you have a weak foundation. That's so, another thread that goes through a lot of, um, talks that we've had is mindset. Yes. Where it's, yes, skill, like you said, you know, know the knowledge, but it's really back in your mind. And that's what thinking grow rich mm-hmm. deals with tapping into that burning desire. And you want to go back, you know, from, from, 
for manifestation, I don't like, like I said, I don't like to say self-help, you know. You or gotta, transformational. Transformational is a good word, you know, because you got to know who you are. And and it goes back to your original question, you know, how do you build a team? If you hanging around a bunch of people that's talking about the same thing and they just talking about, you know, what this celebrity did on TV or, or they watching TMZ or they doing this and I mean, you're not, you know, that you, you kind of putting yourself in a situation where you're the smartest person in the room and you don't want to be the smartest mm-hmm. person in the room because you can't grow like that, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So when you start expanding your horizons, that's going to expand your, your circle of influence. Mm-hmm. And by expanding your circle of influence, because, you know, people talk about mentors, that's how you fall into mentors. Mm-hmm. The, the mentors I've been able to be blessed with, they've come from me walking into scenarios understanding those scenarios and then developing a rapport with those individuals and they've been eye opening and just giving me, you know, giving me these nuggets and these these gems of life. Mm-hmm. You know, because they went through it, you know, they went through it on the good side and on the bad side. And you can learn a lot from mistakes that other people make. Mm-hmm. And especially when they tell you, hey, you know, you should you should consider doing this or watch out for this. And but I, I would say, you know, anything that can help you get a hold of you know, who you are, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to find, like you say, you, you ask, like, what type of investor are you? Are you from a, from, from a, from a zero to a baby Yoda? <laughs> if you don't know who you are, you can't answer that question. Yeah. I think that was a great comeback. You was like, Oh, I'm the mighty one. Yeah. You <laughs> like can't, Luke. Yeah. You can't like, I mean, if you know the story of Star Wars, like Luke, he was, they bought him in and they were, they were trying to train him. And then he's like, Oh, well, I got to go help my friends. Well, your train is not complete. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I would tell you, uh, 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 one of my mentors and a, a very notable individual, he said something that was, he said something very interesting years ago and it kind of stuck with me. And that was, it was something his father told him. He said, the best thing you could do for poor people is not be one of them. Mm, and I was like, wait a minute, wait, stop the presses. And, you know, at first it's, it's just a, it's just a general statement. But when you start to think about it, you know, it's like, it's like anybody that's flown on an airplane. Basic basic facts are, you know, if you're in an emergency situation, secure your mask first before you put yeah. anybody else's mask yeah. on because all y'all can be in trouble. Yeah. You know, the, the natural reaction is to help everybody first. Yeah. You got to, you got, where you at? Got to take care of yourself first. Yeah. And once you take care of yourself, if you take care of yourself ultimately on a higher level, then you can help take care of so many other people. Yeah. Especially when you're ground, especially when you're grounded. Absolutely. Um, that so you won't waver. It's almost like a tree, as you just so happened. You cut down some trees recently. Yes. You saw the trees fall, but when you're rooted and you stand firm, then no one can easily take you down. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you just, in nature, you just look at all these trees, and you got big trees, and you're like, oh, that tree will never fall, you know. But if it's, if you know, we live in a, under the right pressure. Under, but a, but even if if you have a diluge of rain over a long period of time, if it softens the soil. It'll disturb mm-hmm. the root base mm-hmm. and that tree can't sustain the weight. Same way you can see a very thin tree in nature and it's just swaying back and forth. But no matter how much the wind blow, it's not going to fall. You know, so under the right or, or in this situation, under the wrong circumstances, if they all come together at the same time, it could be very detrimental, you know, to that to that tree in its existence. And that's 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 true in life, too. You know, so you have to, you, you got to start with yourself and, and yes. understand it. And you got to know what you want. You yeah. know, a lot of people, you can't just be out here wanting to invest just because everybody's saying, I'm invested. Oh, you should have an investment. Yeah, you got to know where you want to be because financial independence, when I understood, when I understood the definition of financial independence, I just thought like you originally, you had to have, a, if you had a lot of money, then you could kind of just live off of that. No, that's, that's not true. The definition of financial independence is when you're, total your passive, income your passive income exceeds your total expenses so no matter what whether you get up and go to work whether you sick or whatever whether you go out of town for however long all your all your expenses are taken care of off of your so passive not income. your income not your but income. your passive income now you got a lot of people today you can ask they had an income that they was counting on i'm talking about celebrities athletes entertainers politicians a lot of people were counting checks before they came in and you never know when a pandemic or something yeah. come along yeah. and they throw a monkey wrench and all that. Sheesh. So considering what's going on, any final thoughts, words of encouragement, anything to push anyone forward? I'm going to go back to understand who you are by understanding who you are and then kind of figure out what you want. Mm-hmm. Because again, if you look at the, 
what helped me when I look at the definition of financial independence, and it was like, okay, well, I may be in a situation where I live in a $100,000 house and, you know, but all my, all my stuff is taken care of. I have some financial vehicle that's taken care of that. And regardless what happens, I'm fine. And so I can maintain myself. Now, in storm, three, four storms may come along, but I'm still able to take care of myself. I'm still able to take care of what I need to. And then once you get through the storm, like you said, when everybody else is trying to pick up pieces and everything is just, just crazy, like the time we're in now, now because you know you have these you got these assets or, or you have you have flexibility you're not in debt you know you don't have you don't have this credit card debt you know your interest rates are low people are willing and they're gonna you know financial institutions are going to be looking for people like you they're like oh I can invest in this person here and you can go clean up the board at a time like mm-hmm. that you know I, mm-hmm. like I said the day that I learned you know, growing up, not having money and stuff, you know, when it, with the ebb and the flow, you like heart. When times were good, they were good. When they were bad, like, oh, Lord, I hate being poor, you know. But then when you realize and you you start over time, you start realizing, you know, the people that are, they come up in a hard time. When everybody's selling a million dollar home, that's when you buy it for $600,000. Exactly. You don't exactly. buy a million dollar home for a million dollars. Yeah. You know, that's not, you. you I mean, that's basic investing you know buy low sell high exactly you know not buy high and hope that it'll go higher that's not that's not you're not gonna be able to sustain yeah. yourself you know you just gotta you know set yourself up to take care of yourself you know to take care of the basics don't put that because life is stressful you know we make it a lot more stressful than it needs to be and then but you want to keep you want to keep the scruples about yourself because if you're stressed out it's going to be real hard, you know, when you're trying to do your due diligence and understand the deal. Like you say, if you got three, four friends and they're like, oh, I made this money. Come on over here. Then you get over there. You put your money. Now you don't lost that money. Now you're stressing over that and everything else that you had, you know, and it's just, you know, start going where the, the, the journey of a thousand steps starts with that first step, mm-hmm. you know, and you just got to keep walking and, and walking with that. Understand the people that are around you. Surround yourself with people who are looking to do better, not people talking about being better, people that are doing things. And doing things don't necessarily mean investing, but it may be getting in a financial group just so somebody, if you don't understand financial status, somebody helping you with your financial status. Mm-hmm. Then with your financial statement, okay, because it's, it's eye-opening. It could be like, oh, oh Lord. I, I remember years ago, I, I was like, man, I'm not going to be, I can't afford to get a Snickers on credit, man. I'm like, oh, Jeez. I'm like, I, I'm, my life is doomed. Yeah. And then, but you stop. And then, you know, something like they say, you know, it could get it get worse before it get better. But at least it's like digging a hole. Put the shovel down. Mm-hmm. You can't think about getting out the hole if you still dig. Yeah. Put the shovel down. Then come up with a game plan. Maybe yeah. if you use the shovel as leverage to get out the hole. True story. Which is what you can use leverage in the equity in your home. Yes. To yeah. help get out of Absolutely. the situation. So you have to be, you know, put the shovel down. Come up with a game plan. And even with a financial statement, it could be the worst one in the world. Then it's a matter of, you know, connecting yourself to people. Hey, this is a, and a lot of the, the, the reason why people have difficulties, because when they see that they're embarrassed. But the real embarrassment comes when you just keep letting it pile on. You're like, I'm just going to hide it mm-hmm. and I'm going to keep rolling with it and mm-hmm. hope it get better. You know, but when you stop and actually realize and a lot of times it's not as it can be bad, but it's not as bad as you think. And then from there, you start talking to people. Okay, how do I change it? How do I change? It? And even when you start seeing little things happen with that, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to help you. It'll give you the motivation to start. Okay, now I want to do bigger and better. I mean, I've my, my credit, I've had it, lost it, had it at least two or three times. You know, and now I'm at a point. I'm like, I'm I'm not trying to go through that mm-hmm. anymore because the recovery is not the same. It's not the same, and it takes it takes longer. Yeah, you know? yeah. So you know, but even if you're at that point and it's down, like, what do I have to do to make it better? Yeah, and then you can seek that out. You know, man. And there's, and there's a lot of resources. Yeah. SBA. You know, e- even banks. I mean, walking into a, you can walk into a bank. So I've never had a bank account. You know, I you know, I this is my job. This is what I get. You know, what can I do? There's so many people out there that don't even have a bank account. And there's no financial institution in the world that's going to do any business with you if you don't have a bank account. They're just not. You don't you don't have any financial aptitude. I mean, yes. check cash in places like, you know, I get it. You know, when you're in situations, you got to do what you got to do. But you got to work to at least start there. Get out of that situation. 
set yourself up basically, and then work to grow. It's not a quick process, you know, but it's a process. Because that's one of the main things everybody's expecting, microwave success oh at this moment, yeah. and they don't have the patience no. to endure. And that's why it's so interesting that mindset is a recurring theme throughout each of the things that we've been talking about in different aspects of real estate. And it still starts with mindset, even as far as using your own home equity. Absolutely. I mean, if you're sitting up there and you just, if you if you predicate yourself off of hoping and wishing that your situation is going to get better, you just, I mean, you just, you just doing for setting you know, yourself up for you failure. Setting yourself up. You setting yeah. yourself up. You know, go out there, find the people. You know, and it's a slow process, but it, it's it, you never know who you come across. You know, and it could it could be one or two people in, and they can really open your eyes. Yeah. Wow, this has been an interesting conversation. Thank you so much for sitting. Um, as I mentioned, Concrete Coins is all about taking the average beginner investor and helping them to scale, think bigger, and grow to new heights as they go along their journey to building seven figures in real estate. Well, thank so, you for having me. Thank you for joining us today. Do you want to leave a follow-up? Or I know you're a pretty private guy. You can you can just keep it like, hey, I dropped my gems and I'm dropping my exit stage left. I don't know if you want to, um, you know, leave any information of how people can reach you or. I don't, I have a problem. No problem whatsoever. You know, I mean, my base, I'm, I'm, I'm old school. I mean, I, I still read my emails. You, so you know? want people to write letters? <laughs> I don't even need a letter. I mean, you know, paragraphs, no, you know, sentence. Hey man, you know, I, I was thinking about this. How do I do this? Yeah. And yeah. that's how, you know, it's the, the journey of a thousand miles starts with, yeah. one, with one foot, you know, and, okay. you know, if you, if you interested, like, you know, information, information is free, you know, but information is key, you know, and one thing I've, I've, I've prided myself on, if somebody is serious about, you know, seeking out assistance, or sometimes it's just having a conversation, mm -hmm. you know, sitting with them like, look, man, you know, this, you know, you're doing everything wrong, you know, but, but that could be for a number of reasons, but I'm not here to tell you that you've been doing all this stuff wrong, but if you want to know some alternatives to some additional methods where you can kind of turn this around starts with a conversation and you know you, we got to help each other i mean i've had a lot of people that have helped me yeah you know and, yeah and, and yeah mentorship is definitely key to getting to the next level so if you guys want to reach him i guess that, we'll just that, i mean my you know <laughs> look on the internet <laughs> you don't have to look on the internet yeah. i mean you, like i say my my email address is l as in leonard r m c g e e 313 at me.com. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Concrete Coins. As always, tune in next week. Um, you'll find out more behind the scenes of how you can build your seven-figure real estate portfolio. You know you got it. Let's get it. Let's go. Go get it.